2: Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hello
1: com slash sale. And book your free consult today.
2: All right, back on task here, friends. This is not Chris Finch's favorite part of the BetQL network because of our immaturity mm-hmm. levels. But welcome back yes. to BetQL <laughs> Daily presented by BetMGM alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. Don't forget, you can watch the show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql and on youtube as well and of course you can listen live coast to coast both on the betql network and inside your odyssey app where you can rewind if any you miss anything at all can also go back and catch it as a podcast after the fact vaughn dalzell of nbc sports talk a little bit of everything in about 20 minutes uh back into some nba thoughts futures included after Embiid goes off for 70 and carl anthony towns for 62 last night that In 40 minutes, and Isaac Trotter of 24/7 Sports to talk college hoops one hour from now. But prop shopping, let's get ready for the conference championship games. And the one thing we all seem to notice when looking at props for these two games is one market seems to be jumping already, and that is Brock Purdy passing yards. Brock Purdy passing yards now up to 274 and a half. That is a big bump from yesterday when I think we were sitting in the two, mid-260s most places, including at MGM. So uh, 274.5 right now is a big jump. I've got a few angles on AFC props and one in particular on the NFC side that I know we want to get to. aaron has got a strategy she wants to discuss, but Joe, you've got a couple of ideas on the NFC side we should probably start with.
0: Yeah, the Purdy one's interesting, especially since he hasn't reached that mark in the last four yeah. games. Maybe that's weather related. Like, okay, hey, small hand stinks in the rain. Seen this a few yeah. times. Secondary. And then <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking at uh the tight end position. Of the four teams playing this weekend, Detroit is the worst by far. Uh yardage wise, they've given up about two hundred more than the other three teams going touchdowns they've given up three to four more than all of the other teams playing over a thousand yards allowed uh seven touchdowns to tight ends enter George Kittle had a pretty good game over the weekend his prop set at four and a half receptions 58 and a half yards now the touchdown number is down to plus 115 so the market's doing this because I bet on Kittle last week and it was like 150 160 range and now we're down to plus 115 because of this the soft matchup. but So I'm, I like the yardage. I mean, we've given up over 1,000 this year, and it's Kittle. And if it's Debo out there, it's going to be a hobble Debo. So more and more reason that uh, Kittle's going to be getting targeted in this game. So yardage, if I'm going receptions, yards, touchdowns. That's where I would go at 58 and a half. But I also noticed the longest reception. His longest reception last six games, five times, he's had one of at least 32 yards. Remember the blown coverage we saw over the, season, over the weekend. Um, the number's 22 and a half for longest reception. So against this defense, I need one pass to go for a catch and run of at least 23. That looks like a pretty good look to me. So a couple Kittle props, pretty uh, e- appealing early in the week.
1: I like it. I was looking on the other side with a Lions player. We saw Mm -hmm. what Aaron Jones was able to do, and they really couldn't stop him 108 yards on the ground. Uh, The Niners just, I think they looked kind of shaky trying to stop the run. So I know it's tough. Montgomery, Gibbs, what's going to happen? But I think Gibbs is the better back, and now would be the time to feature him and use him even more. I was looking at some different props. You could look at his total yardage. It's gone up at least a few yards. I mean, that was my biggest takeaway every hour. (laughs) These are going up and up and up. There's just so few games to bet on that. These numbers, especially with the star players just keep going up. But uh, so I looked at a market where I'm like, okay, maybe people don't look at longest rush as much as they're just looking at his total yardage or touchdowns or something like that. So uh, Jameer Gibbs has gone over 14 and a half um, that's the longest rush prop 12 times this season and that includes the playoffs. so I was thinking that could be a way to bet Gibbs um, I think he's more explosive than Montgomery and they did give yep. up some explosive runs to Aaron Jones so I think that's one you probably will have to bet early because it's probably going to keep changing <laughs> all of these are that was one thing I was thinking is there a way like there's no props really listed for like. Jawan Jennings, but I was like, maybe we need to look at some players that people aren't focusing on that aren't star names to try to find an edge earlier in the week.
2: Yeah, especially with Debo dinged up. I mean, that that's one that makes a ton of sense. I, I don't know if they'll get added to the board later in the week, depending on the continued news about Debo. But that's that's one to keep an eye on. The one th- that mm-hmm. I um absolutely love is because there's multiple ways to get there is Goff over 263 and a half um he's hit that in 5 of his last 6 like I, again if the lions are going to win you're right the thinking should be let's let's shorten this game let's balance things out with Gibbs and Montgomery let's run the ball some but I, I wonder if they're going to be able to do that against San Francisco and if it's not going to just come back to Goff has to sling it all over the yard 45 times and hope to keep pace with San Francisco. That's that's one script, right? The other script is they get down early and they just have to throw all day. And so Goff over 263.5, um, mm-hmm. again, over that in five of his last half dozen games, I think there's multiple ways you get there, which is why it makes a ton of sense.
0: Okay. Yeah. Aaron's point on the running backs. So we talked a little bit about this off air yesterday. Uh I I'm leaning that way. And I'm just, where do you want to go with the running backs? Like it makes sense. How do you move the ball against the Niners? You run at them. You got to run at them. And the Lions have a great offensive line and they love to lean into the run. Dan Campbell, big fan of that. Ben Johnson's been doing it all season long. So which guy do you go with? She you're right. Gibbs is definitely the best running back. But for some reason, Montgomery's still getting more playing time. That's where I have a tough time. Even against Tampa Bay, Montgomery's out there 56% of the snaps. Gibbs, 36%. Against the Rams, 54%, 34%. They still lean on Montgomery. So I was looking at touchdowns. Montgomery has a touchdown in 12 of 16 games this year. And he's plus one fifty five. Gibbs did not score in the first f- four weeks, but since then, he has a touchdown in ten of thirteen games, plus one forty five. Almost the same price, plus one fifty five, plus one forty five. Is it crazy to just bet on both? I mean, there's a chance like neither that. of them score. Yeah, but
2: right. it feels like every
0: game, one, one of them, one, if not both, one of them, will them score. Yeah,
1: correct. I like that.
2: I would that's, that's a, that. I, I mean you're right you get a, again they're gonna have to, to move between the 20s Goff is the key I think now what if we talk about them actually being effective on the ground the the biggest opportunity for effectiveness is down in the red zone especially with Montgomery added to the mix. Once we get down inside the 10, down inside the five on the goal line, that's where he starts to come into play. Um, I don't know if the Lions are necessarily going to piece together a bunch of long drives against San Francisco's defense, but they're going to have to do it at least once or twice if they want to make a game of this. And they're going to end up with those red zone opportunities. They capitalize on those red zone opportunities so far in the playoffs. I think that's a great play knowing that they're going to go that direction Again, once they are down inside the 10, down inside the five, especially with Montgomery and Gibbs. Um, Let's pivot to the AFC side and the early game. Uh, I got a couple on this one. First of all, I I know it, what, he's only scored on the ground, I think, once in like the last 10 weeks. But he did it twice this past weekend against Houston. And Lamar's even money still for an anytime touchdown. Maybe that's foolish of me. Maybe I'm, I'm going too much recency bias here. I really like Lamar even money anytime touchdown. Maybe the play instead is, is Gus Edwards, again, because we're talking about the Ravens trying to piece together drives, not necessarily going big plays. They get down inside the 10, inside the 5. They turn around, they hand it off. Gus Edwards is plus 140. Hasn't scored a touchdown in the last two games, but he had three straight in the three games before that. So Lamar and or Gus on any anytime touchdown and even money or better. Um, the other one that I'm a huge fan of is Mahomes under passing yards. It's a 243 and a half right now. Baltimore has only given up 250 passing yards four times this year. That's it. That's all. Um, we know the questions about the receiving core. Rasheed Rice did not look 100% for much of the second half of that game in Buffalo. And I just... I don't think that's the key. And I also don't think, you know, when he talked about different avenues, different paths, for example, Goff to get over his passing prop at 263 and a half, there's multiple ways to get there. There's the A, that's the way they decide to go with the offense on Sunday night version. There's also the much more likely path of, we're going to be down to the Niners. we got to throw the ball a lot. Um, As far as the Chiefs go, I don't think the Chiefs are getting down big to the Ravens at any point in this game where they have to throw the ball all over the yard. To get back into it where they have to chase the scoreboard. So Mahomes under 243 and a half, I really like as well, Joe.
0: I'm glad you brought up Lamar rushing touchdown because I was thinking about that same angle. Mm -hmm. So we expect the Ravens to run the ball, but where's it going to go? Is it going to be Lamar? Is it going to be Gus, Justice Hill? Like which Cook? Which guys are they going to use? I was surprised to see that he has a rushing touchdown in only four games this year. I did not realize it was that few. And he's mm-hmm. just barely plus money. So I think that's going to be a popular bet. Before this playoff game this past week, he went nine straight games without a rushing touchdown. I was like, what? That's crazy. Um, so are they? did they save him for this moment? We're like, okay, now it's worth it. Now it's worth putting your body on the line. Like, we're going to see more of it. Or they go in the opposite direction. My my angle would be, if you're going to bet this, bet Lamar two-plus touchdowns at plus 750 because wow. when he runs it, he's, value, yeah. he's got a rushing touchdown in four games this year, right? Three of them, he's got two. So when he runs it, he runs, he runs it. it yeah. And he's sticking yeah. with it, and it's going to be a Lamar game or maybe half your bet on the two-plus. Just, I thought that was interesting that four games is a rushing touchdown. Three of them, he's gotten two touchdowns.
1: I like that. I also saw some interesting uh like advanced metrics from PFF about the Chiefs just being really bad um their run defense against quarterbacks. So they finished 26th in EPA per rush allowed and 28th in success rate allowed on red zone reads and designed quarterback rushes. So mm-hmm. if you like Lamar to rush some uh touchdowns, I think that's good. The one thing that's also he had 100 yards, obviously, against the Texans, but his prop has gone from like 57 and a half all the way up to 63 and a half as we sit here right now. So it looks like people are really uh, betting his rushing yard prop over.
2: But I like the quarterback
1: two plus
2: rushing touchdowns. and what's his 63 and a half is the yardage prop right now. I mean, that's the other yeah. thing You go back and look and he's hit that one two three. he's only hit that five times this year. So again, I, I think it's this this push and pull that I mentioned of recency bias and what we saw from Lamar last week and the idea I think that Joe brings up of, of hey, if you're going to believe in it, if you're going if you're going to lean into that, right? Then Go ahead and dive in and and squeeze that much more value out of it, which I really like. But then also this idea of – and John Harbaugh, I think, has always been really good at this. Like, as much as every head coach in the NFL coaches week to week and it's about this week and this game only and that's what we're preparing for and, you know – they, he, he thinks long game, I think better than anybody else, almost anybody else in the game. And he, I don't doubt for a second that he's thinking about things in week three and week four that people are going to look at and see on film in week 16 and week 17, and maybe even into the playoffs. Right. And that's when you take advantage Mm -hmm. of the fact that you've been showing them one thing for three or four months. And then all of a sudden it's right back the other way. And Lamar scores two touchdowns on the ground, much like he did. hasn't done since, Oh, you know, late September, early October, right? And as Lamar has gotten more comfortable in this offense, more comfortable with Todd Munkin, Munkin has gotten more comfortable with Lamar. They're starting to find, I think, a sweet spot. And that's that's where I come around on, you know what, Lamar, at least a touchdown on the ground. Like you said, Joe, multiple touchdowns on the ground. That's where I really start to become a fan of that bet, even though, like you said, nine weeks in a row without a touchdown on the ground before last week.
0: I want to throw one out there off the beaten path. And and I heard this brought up on Brad Spielberger's show, uh, friend of this show. Uh, and it was an interesting angle. Nicole Hardman, does he touch the football? After what happened on Sunday, does he even touch the football? Does he get an opportunity? His numbers, nine and a half receiving yards since late November, since Thanksgiving. He's gone over nine and a half receiving yards once, and that was the meaningless game against the Chargers.
2: Mm. Unders, unders, unders. Yeah, I like it. Alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth, I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Let's talk about some of this with Vaughn Dalzell of NBC Sports. Also, maybe get his thoughts on Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns going off last night. That and so much more on the way right here, live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. This is BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Bet MGM from BetQL, and welcome back in, Chris Mack, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth. Hawksworth, it's a Tuesday morning. My tongue has not caught up. It's still on weekend time. Sorry. Welcome back into BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Uh, we just got done prop shopping, and we want to talk NFL, and we will talk NFL. And we'll talk to Isaac Trotter at the top of the next hour about college hoops as well. Uh, Lightning bets before we wrap up, obviously, in the final hour and an edition of Let's Go or Hell No. But let's talk. Let's start NBA with one of the friends of the show of NBC Sports. Vaughn Dalzell joins. And we'll get into the conference championship games in just a minute, Vaughn, because I think that's where the bulk of our conversation will probably lie. But Let's start with what we saw last night. We get 70 from Joel Embiid. Um, We get 62 from Carl Anthony Towns. No coincidence. Some cosmic tumblers fall into place. I don't believe in all that stuff, but a lot of people do. On the 18th anniversary of Kobe's 81. um, For Embiid, at least, it's a dub for the Sixers. For Cat, it's an ugly loss to the Hornets. And I think that's where we want to start, because Chris Finch was really frustrated after this game. And we talked about the immaturity levels, right? But we kind of started to look at it from the other side, the other perspective of this, which is meaningless home game in the middle of January. Okay, we lost the game to the Hornets we shouldn't have lost, but we got our guy a 60 spot and we did everything we could to try and get him to match Embiid on a night where everybody was watching that kind of thing. What's your take on what we got from both of those guys last night? Yeah, well, I
3: love the uh, – thanks for having me, first off. Good morning to everybody watching and listening, of course. And, yeah, it was a great night in the NBA. I was a joker that uh, put in my parlay, Joel beat over 51.5 instead of just taking the 60-plus for plus 500 uh, last night live betting. So, joke's on me. But it was a great effort. I mean, I watched in that game. It was amazing to see him do what he did in three quarters and let alone go get the 70-piece in the fourth quarter. And on the opposite side, I'd love the interview with Anthony Edwards post-game about the Timberwolves saying, you know, we kind of came out very immature from the start tonight. We weren't focused. Once Cat hit his first six, seven shots, we were like, go get 80. Go get 100. Uh, and the Hornets are definitely <laughs> a good team to do that against. But they got a little more fight at this point than the Spurs. And they have a lot better players. But, yeah, it's a meaningless home game, you could say. I agree with that. It's January. This isn't March or April. And uh, for the T-Wolves, they've been one of the hottest teams in the NBA. So, of course, they're going to drop a game or two like this. And when it comes on a guy having a solo performance, uh, I'm not shocked. But I like the state of the Sixers in general more than the Timberwolves. I trust that team more with Joel Embiid long term. He's got to stay active to get the MVP award, which is going to probably be a debate over the next month or two uh, with the new league minimum. But um, one thing I do have to say to close that out is Anthony Edwards using deodorant strip, the actual strip instead of gel stuff, it's a crime. I don't care how young the guy is someone in that locker room that's a veteran has to get him on deodorant gel you can't be walking around with strips bro
0: he's got strips dude
3: go watch the interview it's like it's crazy he's in his Uh, towel interviewing and i'm like okay and then he does the deodorant thing and i'm like bro you still got the whole white strips up and down your arm like you gotta get the gel um,
0: yeah the gel for sure you gotta clean that up that's ridiculous uh that's where i was gonna go actually. Nah, spray. Uh, nah.
3: nah, I, I mean, spray. what are we like 16? Like, what is this? Yeah, yeah is this
2: 1975, nah, Aaron? What I mean, yeah. who uses spray? What? I do. Spray.
0: <laughs> Where do you... <laughs> I'm I'm not even gonna follow up. All right. Uh so Embiid, plus 120, man. That's crazy. I know sometimes when you have these performances sticks in people's heads and like you know the numbers gonna come down, but about even money with this much basketball left. Uh, what I find interesting, obviously with the Embiid and like you mentioned, the minimum games played is Jokic at three SGA plus three seventy five. They're short numbers. Luca and Giannis right there at ten and eleven. It's coming from that five, right? There's no dark horse that's going to jump into this conversation.
3: Yeah, agreed. Okay. Agreed. I uh, I think SGA is still a guy we have to highly consider. Like. Last year, he finished top five in votes. This year, he's been consistently top three all year long in odds. And agreed, I think if Embiid is out, we may get some voter fatigue as well. I mean, now that we've seen centers win over and over, the last time we've had, I believe, uh, four centers win the award, even though it's Embiid and Jokic, uh, two centers in particular. last time we've had four centers win was back in the late 70s. Uh, Three centers, the same type of thing. So it's like, you know, this is the era of three-point basketball, spread offenses, one big. And we're seeing centers come back into the fold with the MVP. And there might be that fatigue. So if Embiid doesn't meet the minimum, I mean, SGA might get a nod over the Nuggets if they are a one or two seed here. I mean, obviously, if the Thunder are a one seed, SGA's odds are going to be very, very short, much shorter than 375. Uh, so I've been eyeing this market because I want to place a bet before March in the MVP market to be confident in that bet. Uh, and Joel Embiid was always looking like that guy gillers alexander so i'm going to pick between these two and i'm leaning towards shy because mb might just say i'm the mvp i don't need to play these games uh, if it means we win a championship because that's more important and whether or not he's going to be unselfish or selfish in regards to either or uh we will see but i think all the values on sga
1: you know that same thought process is how i think Jokic may be approaching this too he's like yeah I got my MVPs I got my championship because we always talk about oh like when they when Embiid and Jokic go up against each other because I was thinking about it in uh for tonight is probably like I see you can't I see you Embiid is he gonna go off tonight and try to top them I'm sure topping them is gonna be really hard but props wise I was looking at Jokic Triple-double, plus 160. Of course, they are playing in Indiana. And Jokic was one assist shy of a triple-double just on January 21st. So they just played recently. And you could look at points, rebounds, assists. It's PRA 49.5 over minus 113 is the best number there. Would you be looking at Jokic to say, hey, you know what? I'm still the best player in the association and I'm going to go off tonight.
3: I mean, he doesn't even like being famous or playing basketball, I think, 100%. So who knows I if know. that's his mentality coming into this game. <laughs> but uh, I do think with against the Pacers, I mean, this is arguably one of the best teams for you to do that against. Uh, whether or not he's going to go out and score 50 yep. uh, 50 points, rebounds, mm-hmm. assists is well within the reach for the Joker in this game. I mean, the Pacers yeah. with Miles Turner, obviously that is the best rim defender they have there. But Jokic takes his shot selection. So serious uh, that you know whatever he shoots, it's putting up, it's probably going to be a good shot, whether it's 12-shot attempts or 18-shot attempts. He's one of the most efficient shooters in all of basketball. So uh, I do love both of those props. The fact it's plus 160 against a Pacers team that ranks top five in pace, the highest scoring team in the NBA, trying to break a scoring record this year along with the Bucs. Um, I do like Jokic's overs. I wouldn't play an under on him in this game. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. Plus 160 is definitely tempting Aaron. And, and the over 49 points, rebounds, assists is the way I go. And don't sleep on uh, Jamal Murray either. This is a game that he could easily pop off too.
2: Von Dalzell of NBC Sports with us here on BetQL Daily. Before we pivot to the conference championship games, Vaughn, I just wanted to get your take real quick. Shams reporting about 20 minutes ago, 15, 20 minutes ago, oh. Miami close to acquiring Terry Rozier for a package, sending Kyle oh. Lowry and draft compensation that will include a first-round pick. Um, It sounds like you're hearing of this for the first time, much like we did just a couple minutes ago. So what's your knee-jerk reaction to it? Presented by T Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good
0: polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here?
1: Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived.
2: Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
3: We just met before the show, Chris, and I, uh, you know, I'm, we're Pittsburgh guys, but. Right. I'm a Bulls fan. You know, we don't have an NBA team here, so it was either, you know, yeah. pick your team as a kid. All my family was Bulls fans. So I thought you were going to say Zach Levine. Miami and I was about to do my dance man uh but that trade does nothing for me honestly emotionally uh Terry Rozier should help that team he could be a guy that after suffering all these losing seasons he'd be like hey I'll buy in to the heat culture uh and that's really what they need right now with all their injuries so I don't hate that deal whatsoever but disappointed you didn't mention Zach Levine
0: yeah, a lot of uh, positive Bulls stories lately. Whether you want to talk about uh, the fans booing Jerry Cross's widow or last night they blow another big big <laughs> lead, 23 points, KD goes off. Like, big surprise. Anytime the Bulls are up by 20-plus, just take the other side line on the money line. Yeah. Uh, every <laughs> single time. Like, the spread isn't guaranteed. You might just uh, get a good number uh, on a money line. All right, Vaughn, let's jump to the NFL. Let's start in the AFC side. What appears to be the better game? Now the lines jumped up 24 hours ago. We're sitting here, market split three, three and a half. You knew those threes were going to be gone. Now it looks like they are. It's uh, Ravens favored by three and a half, and you get Mahomes as a dog again. What are you thinking?
3: Yeah, I mean it's certainly tempting to go back to the well on Mahomes as a dog here, but I do believe in the Ravens. Um, I thought this has been a team all year that looks like the best team in the afc uh defensively they have been standouts and i think the second half under will probably be a great bet if you had the over in the chiefs bills game um and you know you looked good at the 44 and a half or whatever numbers you played and if you led well, i bet that game thinking you're going to see 30 points scored it didn't come up at all i mean the second half died down the fourth quarter. i think we could see that here with both of these teams and there's a couple props i focused on here but i will say if i'm betting This game, obviously, I wanted a three for Baltimore. Now it's a three and a half, not as tempting. I would still take it, but be more tempted to go Ravens' first half, minus two and a half here, because obviously we know they are a great first half team. And the last week, they struggled a little bit. Lamar Jackson had his halftime speech that had a lot of cuss words. uh, So that inspired the Ravens. But they obviously came out in the second half and balled out looked great against the Texans. And I think that the Ravens here will come out better in the first half at home. But the props that I I circled here and I looked at, I would love to hear your guys' opinions on. Justice Hill had over 20% higher snap share than Gus Edwards last week. He was in on a lot of more passing downs. So I was looking at his props, seeing that it's a little bit discounted. You could probably take overs on Justice Hill at the 40.5 rushing, over on receiving yards. Gus Edwards is like 42.5, rushing yards. That seemed like a good under, especially against the Chiefs defense that we know the front sevens exceeded a lot of expectations this year. And, I gave you guys last week a nice four-in-one week. We won't talk about Aaron Jones, the loser. But Aaron, Lamar Jackson hit us over one-and-a-half passing touchdowns at plus 112. They're giving us plus 135 now. Uh, so, you know, I'm turning around and looking at that one. I know Josh Allen only had one pass touchdown. I know Tua only did it as well. But, again, Lamar Jackson so accurate with the football. We'll have to create plays. With Mark Andrews possibly coming back, that gives him another red zone weapon that helps out as well. And with the Chiefs allowing Josh Allen to run for two touchdowns, they're going to have to clean that up. And you don't want Lamar Jackson running wild. So uh, I'm still looking at Lamar Jackson over one-and-a-half passing touchdowns as well.
1: I like that. And I also like the Justice Hill look cuz I was just saying like I think I might try betting on some guys that not a lot of people are looking at cuz maybe you can find more of an edge uh in terms of player mm-hmm. props on like a Justice Hill as opposed to Gus or Lamar, um Zay Flowers, for example. Um what about on the NFC side? Where are you looking there?
3: No, oh, I hate to go back to the well, but there are two props that
1: Cash last week, and I'm tempted to
3: go back on him because uh, I see Jared Goff, his game script, he's going to have to pass, right? Like there's no way that Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery with lines of 45 and 47 and a half are going to have that much success where Jared Goff is not throwing the football enough to go out there and win this game. So he's cashed this two straight already for us. And I, I have no problems running it back a third time because while the Niners do fantastic linebacking core, they're great within the hashes, Uh, The Lions have so many guys that have stepped up that they could spread the ball around. You look at uh, the Reynolds Reynolds twins, essentially, Josh Reynolds and Craig Reynolds. Shout out to Craig Reynolds. He went to Cutstown, which is on the wall here, one of the conferences I worked in as an intern. Uh, He was playing (laughs) in the league. He's amazing. Jameson Williams has stepped up for Detroit as well. So I look at all these options. I think they'll spread the ball out. Jared Goff over pass attempts is a good look, but I like his pass yards as the best bet. And whether Debo Samuel plays is how I bet the Niners, because... He's 50-50, apparently, reports say. Jawan Jennings stepped up in big ways. But Christian McCaffrey needed the ball much, much more in that previous game. It was first and second down situations when Brock Purdy's throwing eight 12-yard outs. They're going over. His receiver's heads are too short. Uh, when CMC could be getting them four or five yards on the ground. I think they clean that up here in the second game. I don't think they'd be as cute. Um, like I said, the Packers wouldn't be in this game. And uh, I liked in the previous game. So I, I like... Over 86 and a half rushing yards, which is lower uh, than the previous week. And I think he will get the ball a little more.
2: Wanted to touch on one more real quick, Vaughn, before we let you run. Um, we, back to the AFC side. I try to make the case that if the Chiefs are going to, I just don't think the Chiefs are going to get boat raced by the Ravens. I think I like the Ravens. You know, Joe brought it up earlier. We tried to jump on it at three yesterday before it got to three and a half. But I think it's a close game. And I think it's back and forth yeah. and it's tight all afternoon. So Mahomes under two forty three and a half. and a half, Baltimore's only given up 250 or more four times this year. Um real quick Mahomes this week, yeah. I don't see him going off big against Baltimore's defense because it looks like we might yeah, get I, uh Mark Peters back as well.
3: Yeah, I, I touched on it just this drop drop down to uh 242 and a half on my screen actually because I pulled up the odds to double check, but uh I actually love that. That's one I talked a lot about the Baltimore Ravens here. Obviously, I'm supporting them. I don't mean to be the the hardballed guy of 2023, 2024, apparently. But uh, I do think Mahomes over passing yards is the best bet. That's something I do have circled in my sheet for this game. I think it'll be a passing script for them. Isaiah Pacheco's rushing attempts is set at 14.5, super juiced, like minus 130 to the under. Um, that was significant to me because Clyde edwards got a little bit higher of a snap share, too. So a similar thing to how we saw Gus Edwards and Justice Hill we just talked about. We saw that in the Chiefs' backfield as well. Um, And when CEH is in the game, that means Mahomes is probably going to throw a little more often. So I like his prop as well. I know the odds are against us number-wise. And I'll say this. um, If I do take the Ravens' first half, they cover that, throw up by 6-7. I've seen this story before. I'm taking the Chiefs live. Um, You know, I held that Eagles ticket in the Super Bowl last year. And I was like, I'm not hedging. Like, I'm good, and then, like, I was so, so mad at myself. But the Chiefs are good at second-half comebacks, keeping it close. So if you're getting, you know, four-and-a-half, five, six, seven, I'll be looking to lay that number probably with the Chiefs in the second half because you know they'll keep it close and respectable.
2: Great stuff, Vaughn. We appreciate the time. Vaughn Dalzell of NBC Sports. We'll catch up with you again soon, my man. Coming up next, we dive into tonight's NBA card, maybe look at futures as well. I know Aaron has one play in particular she likes for tonight's matchup between the Nuggets and the Pacers. That next on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
0: This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL daily Joe Ostrowski here in Hawksworth, Chris Mack with you on a Tuesday morning. Let's uh, let's keep that NBA theme going. We, we talked a little bit about, about it with Vaughn. It was a number one story last night, everything going on with Embiid and Kat Embiid. It's a big celebration. And now you look, it's basically a coin toss for the MVP odds. And then Kat coach is mad after the game. Like we're immature. It, it, it was pretty interesting what was going on. And then guys, We've got, what, five games tonight? Some interesting matchups. Like, you look at it a while back, and you're like, oh, Lakers-Clippers. That's going to be fun. And then you look at it today like, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. LeBron's
0: not playing. Lakers are a 500 team. Point spread's eight and a half. Like, it's it's not as enticing as it w- once was. Like, Denver-Indy, another game. Like, okay, that's going to be good. And then these injuries popped up with Halliburton. Makes his return. And then they announced yesterday yeah, we're going to do some management. We're going to sit them in the next three games. So it's probably going to be bad for the Pacers.
2: Yeah, I I, I still like the, the Nuggets Pacers because I just – the Halliburton thing aside, that would have been perfect. Like, that would have given us the perfect yeah. alignment for this one. Um, I'm still curious to see, and I know Aaron brought this up earlier, but, like, you know, Jokic is still, you know – He's still, he's still, he's still Jokic. And he still wants, I think, I think deep down inside, as much as he doesn't lean into it or play up, play into it. Um, he still wants to prove that he's the dude, right? Like, and MB just went off last night. I think you brought that up earlier, Aaron. And I think it's a great point. I think we get a big uh, Jokic game. Who's been playing really well the last, what, half dozen games or so as well anyway. And, probably his one down game in the last two and a half, three weeks was against Indy. So maybe he feels like he's got a little added something to prove against the Pacers.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. I think, you know, he's sitting at home last night looking at this or in the hotel, I should say, and thinking, you know what? It's my turn now. I'm going to show everyone what time it is. So I looked at his PRA uh, over 49 and a half. I like that look. A triple double is plus 165 at Bet MGM. I love that as well because he was just one assist shy of a triple double when they just played in the last week. So um, I think he could get there. Uh, especially, I guess, if you're looking at, okay, if you play the same team twice, Jokic, to me, seems like the type of guy that can make some adjustments and have a better game the second time around. His stat's not quite there. Like, obviously, he's playing a really good team in the Pacers, but I think the second time they play, he can get there.
0: I circled Denver. I did, too. It, it seems like everybody's on the side with a lot of the same angles. The Earlier I looked, there were three and a halfs. Now they're all four and a half Denver as a road favorite. It's a little concerning because, you know, as as dominant as the nuggets can be, they're just above 500 on the road, guys. They're 13 and 10 straight up on the road this year. So that's the one concerning thing, but everything else like, okay, maybe it's a motivation spot for Jokic, maybe going against one of the worst defenses too. There's that. Mm -hmm. And they're missing their best player. And the Pacers have lost four or five. Like, even at four and a half, I'm okay laying that number in this spot. Everybody seems to be on the same page, I think, for good reason. Now, is it going to continue to climb throughout the day? Maybe. Maybe this closes past five because, you know, it already moved up one point. Um, I see – I think I see a five out there. Maybe it's trending to five and a half. I could see it closing there. But – I'm with you guys. As far as Jokic props or or Nuggets positive props, uh, that's where I'm going. But I, I like the Nuggets on the side.
2: Yeah, I think we're together on that one. Um, the other game, you know, it's not going to be a pretty game. It's not. Um, <laughs> but Thunder Blazers um, and SGA props, um, I think he's at 31.5 right now. Um, last time out against Portland, he went for 31, but he only played 21 minutes because they blew him out. is so big. Um, the spread is 13 and a half as well. Uh, I like the thunder there. This one's at home, uh, when they did blow them out by whatever it was 60, uh, a couple weeks ago, that one was in OKC as well. So I, I really like anything SGA and OKC tonight. Um I jumped on a double digit dog last night it worked out for me. I'm not going to screw around with that again two nights in a row. I will go with the double digit favorite tonight and I like the Thunder to cover against the Blazers. Um, and again, they they beat them by 60 last time, so I think I'll take I'll, I'll drop the 13 and a half here.
0: Man, that's I get it. How does Portland keep up? So you've got the Thunder yeah. Maybe one of the most balanced teams, right? They're fourth in offensive efficiency, seventh in defensive efficiency, and then the Blazers are 30th on the offensive end. Like, and then you they just had a couple of nice home wins. They beat the Pacers. They beat the Nets. Like, okay, fine. But on the road, they just get smoked. Yeah. They just lost by 24 to the Lakers on the road. At Minnesota, they lost by 23. You mentioned the other Thunder spot. Like, it's not just that game either. Like Dallas, they played them back to back. One game they lost by 36. The other game they lost by 29. It's like they don't seem to have a chance. They they seem to be non-competitive. If you're doing anything in that game, I agree. You've got to lay the monster point spread.
1: I don't have a play in that one, but speaking of the Lakers, they're playing the Clippers tonight. So I was looking at this one. This is yeah. a situation where I think the Clippers can cover eight and a half. Um, I was looking at Anthony Davis. I mean, he's having a really good season uh despite what the Lakers are doing, but him to get a double-doubles minus 500, so you'd have to parlay that. Uh, but Kawhi. The last time they played, he had 21 points. His prop is 24 and a half. I'm thinking about going over on Kawhi tonight.
2: That's I, – I could see that. And I, I just – I I think much like Joe just said with the side on Thunder Blazers, if, if mm-hmm. I do anything in this game, it's probably the side on the Clippers to cover it. Now, yeah. I think – you know, you said eight and a half, Aaron, it's nine and a half in spots as well. Like that might be one. Yeah. When we're talking about numbers that are moving throughout the day, that might be one. Shop the best number right now and jump on it now. If you really think a LeBron-less Lakers are going to struggle to to cover, to keep yeah. it within double digits against the Clippers.
0: Yep. Yep. It's, yeah, it seems like right now this just keeps on climbing. Um, Bet M Jim's at nine and a half, but there are a couple of juiced eight and a halves out there. So it's interesting, and it, you know these in town games tonight. That's also a theme. You got the Clippers and Lakers. You've got the Knicks and the Nets. So you would expect that both sides are going to be motivated in those. Like the Nets are just so sick of hearing about the Knicks constantly, and it's the same thing for the Clippers. <laughs> they, they, I mean, that's probably the biggest example, right? Like, all, no matter what they do, it's all every storyline is about the team that's five hundred. Oh, the Lakers going to mm-hmm. make the playoffs. At, that's what it's all about, even though they've been dominating and doing something that most people, including me, didn't think they'd be able to do. Like the Clippers having one of the better records in the NBA. So that that's an interesting theme for tonight, too. Um, the Jazz are quietly playing good ball. And they're a six and a half point dog at New Orleans. They went on the stretch recently. They won 12 of 14. Now they've lost a couple, but they lost close games, won uh, a game in overtime. So I, I'm wondering, getting six and a half on the road at New Orleans, is, is that a little bit too much for the way that they're playing right now? That That's one that's under consideration for me.
2: Yeah, I think that might be too much for me. Aaron, I I, I want to go back to, like, Nick's nets real quick, because whether I find anything on this game that I like or not, like, this is, I think, this is just going to be a fun game to watch, whether you have a bet on it or not. The way the Knicks have played as of late, nine of their last eleven, they've won. Um, the Nets, to your point, Joe, feel like the the you know the step brother in this situation. Oh, you know, no. they're, they're like, oh, come, come on, mm-hmm. really? And you're coming to Brooklyn? I, I think there's more fight there from Brooklyn uh, tonight. But ultimately, I mean, what is it? It's just four and a half or five. Ah, yep. I. I like the Knicks. I mean, that's, especially with the way they've played as of late, the addition of Ananobi has been huge for them. That's clearly given them a spark and some energy. Um, I really like the Knicks if, if I'm only laying four and a half.
1: Yeah, I really like the Knicks too, and especially that we're seeing, you know, five and a halves, five, sorry, I should say, popping up as well. What mm-hmm. about Knicks minus four and a half, Clippers minus eight and a half parlay?
0: <laughs> all the favorites in those situations yeah yeah
1: I like on,
0: the on, the on the spread or money line
1: on the spread on the spread okay. not money line yeah
2: so I mean, that could be clippers fun, yeah. and knicks parlay yeah i mean that'll yeah that'll get us that'll get us like 265 at that mgm that's a nice number
1: i like that
0: yeah, which which dog can win? Which dog would, would mess that up? Well, you don't need to win; just cover. I don't.
2: The Lakers, if 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 AD has a, a, a good night and they keep it yeah. close, and you know there's you know there's a minute and a half, two minutes left, and the Clippers are up by seven, and they're like, okay, we got this thing in the bag, and a couple of backdoor buckets for the Lakers, and before you know it, it's you know it, it's it's within the number.
0: Yep. Yeah, I could
2: see that for sure. Because I, I don't and see the, the Nets. T- yeah, go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry.
1: The, the Knicks tend to take care of business when they play bad teams, so I'm not too worried about that matchup. And
0: but also, also the Nets are playing as well. Nets are just playing terrible balls. Like these, these are two teams yeah. right now going opposite directions.
1: Agree.
2: Yeah. That's that's a good point as well. Final hour of the show on the way alongside Joe and Aaron. I'm Chris. This is BetQL Daily. Still gonna play Let's Go or Hell No, our lightning bets before we wrap up as well. Coming up next, we look at college hoops. Isaac Trotter of twenty four seven sports joins us next right here on BetQL Daily.